Andrew Bruck has become the acting attorney general of New Jersey. He started last month. That makes him New Jersey's top law enforcement officer. Mr. Attorney General, welcome. Thanks for having me, David. Well, thank you for coming on. And, and since you took office, uh, I've noticed a, a number of indictments of gang members in New Jersey. How, how serious an issue is gang violence in New Jersey right now? Well, look, gun violence is going up across the country, and New Jersey is not immune to these trends. And, um, you know, it's easy to talk about numbers and statistics, but we know that every single one of the people who are killed by gun violence, it, it affects a family, it affects a community. And we are sort of laser focused on trying to get this under control here in New Jersey. And where are where are the gangs? Where where do we see the most gang activity in the state? So I think it's centered in a, a handful of communities across the state. I think that we see the most gun violence in Newark, in Patterson, in Camden, Jersey City, Trenton. Unfortunately, it's predominantly, it's disproportionately communities of color. It's communities that have uh, historically lacked access to educational opportunities, to employment opportunities. So there's a whole, fo a whole host of issues that these cities and communities are facing, and unfortunately, uh, gang violence is one of them. And, and you're saying this is uh, closely tied to, to the number of illegal guns that are available to gang members. No, I think, I think that's right. I mean, the, the reality is, is that about 82 to 85 percent of guns that we're recovering from crime scenes in New Jersey are coming from out of state. It's uh, something that is incredibly concerning to Governor Murphy. It's incredibly concerning to me. And I think we need to do everything we can to, to prevent those guns from you know, working their way from Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, onto the streets of Camden, Newark, and Trenton. And I mean, New Jersey, as you know, it's 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 one it's one probably the I think it's the only state that doesn't have its own in-state television news. It's it's half New Jersey, half Philadelphia. So so we don't see a whole lot of of stories about about gangs and 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 what's going on there. I, I just I, you know I think it's important for people to know that just because they don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. No, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to be out in the community talking to folks who are affected by gun violence. And especially, you know, in, in these in these cities, they know it, they feel it. And, you know, I think that New Jersey is the greatest state in the country to live in, but you don't get to enjoy the benefits of residency in this state if you're afraid to sit on your front porch after dinner, if you're afraid to let your kids walk down the street to uh, the playing field or the basketball court in the evening, worried that they're going to get shot. Um, and I think that the, that fear is real in some of these communities. And we owe it to them to do everything we can to, to end gun violence in the state. And I'm speaking with New Jersey Attorney General Andrew Brock. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, you get you get to be the AG uh, for, for about six months before your term expires. And, you know, of course, we have we have the uncertainties of, uh, of an election. But you said you want the reduction of 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 gun violence. You want you want gun safety to be one of your top priorities. What's what's the plan, at least in the short term? What, is, what does New Jersey look to expect from you over the next few months? Yeah, well, look, it's, it's one of my top priorities, and I also know it's one of the governor's top priorities. You know, I think that we, we reduce gun violence in this state using a three-pronged strategy. We need to treat the root causes of violence. We need to keep dangerous weapons away from those who are most likely to use it. And we need to aggressively prosecute those who use guns to commit violence. 
no one of those prongs on its own is going to solve this issue. But I think taken together, we can make real progress in pushing down the gun violence rates in our state. And last week, I had, uh, I had Fred Guttenberg on the show, as you know, one of the nation's leading gun safety advocates. He pointed to the need to hold gun makers accountable. And, and, and I, I know federal laws shield gun manufacturers from liability for, for gun crimes, gun deaths. But New Jersey's suing Smith & Wesson for their advertising practices. That seems to be uh, a, a different strategy than what's happened before. What's, what's going on? Well, David, as you know, I'm, I'm always loath to talk about ongoing investigations, but because Smith & Wesson has put some of this in the public domain, I can, I can share with you what's public. Um, you know, we are concerned that Smith & Wesson has uh, put advertisements in New Jersey that suggested that, um, you know, a concealed carry of a firearm makes you safer or that you could do it without having a permit. Um, and so we have issued subpoenas to Smith & Wesson in order to collect information about whether they made any uh, false representations uh, in this state. Uh, most often when we issue a subpoena to a company, they do what they're supposed to do under the law. They comply. They turn over documents. Smith & Wesson decided not to do that. Instead, they sued us in federal court saying they weren't going to turn over the information. We then brought a lawsuit against them in state court saying we issued a subpoena. you got to turn over the information. Um, uh, there were two different lawsuits about the subpoenas that we issued. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've won both of them. We won in the New Jersey District Court, and we won before the New Jersey Supreme Court saying, you know what, uh, Smith & Wesson has got to turn over the information pursuant to the AG's office subpoena. Uh, and so it's now out in the public domain that Smith & Wesson is beginning to produce those documents. We will be taking a close look at them and figure out whether they, in fact, have broken the law here in the state. I'm speaking with Attorney General Andrew Brock of New Jersey. Mr. Attorney General, one of the things I, I read was, was, was a comparison of, of going after Smith and & Wesson and, and, and therefore uh, uh, gun makers in, in the way that people went after tobacco companies in the 1990s. Is that a, is that a fair comparison? Well, look, I mean, I think we're dealing with a federal law that makes it very difficult to hold gun manufacturers accountable for their misconduct. And I, I know this is something that you talked about with Fred Gutenberg last week. Um, and that, that makes it very challenging for us to hold those responsible who are playing a role in gun violence. But I think that um, we need to think about uh, whether these manufacturers have engaged in conduct that violates state law. And if they had, we'll hold them accountable and we'll use all the tools and resources available to us in the AG's office to make sure we're holding them accountable. And, and on, an, on a, I guess on a parallel track, Mr. Attorney General, you, you, you've been leading an aggressive gun buyback program. Can you can tell me what's going on with that? Yeah, absolutely. So two weeks ago, we hosted gun buybacks in four communities across New Jersey, in Atlantic City, Newark, Patterson, and East Orange. And in a single-day gun buyback, we got about 1,000 guns from those four cities. It was really a, a great event, and I was happy to stop in each of those four communities to, to watch it in action. Um, and we got such a great feedback from, from that day, we've decided to add a second gun buyback, which we'll be doing in October. And I think six or seven additional counties across the state. Do you have, do you have any idea? Is there a target? Is there a goal on, on how many guns you might be able to buy back by the end of the year? So the goal is to get as many guns off the street as possible. And uh, any one of the weapons that we buy back could have been a firearm that, 
you know, a six-year-old would have found in their grandparents' attic that could have been taken by a family member to, you know, uh, commit suicide during a mental health crisis. They could have been stolen uh, out of someone's uh, bedroom and used in a gun crime. And so I'm less concerned with the total number of guns we take off the street. I just want to know that we're getting guns off and that they're not winding up uh, harming the residents of our state. And, you know, just just to be clear i mean you're 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 talking about gun buybacks you're you know i i i I always like to make it make it absolutely clear to everybody who's listening this is this is this is not shutting down the second amendment this is this is something different no this is totally voluntary we we pay people for the guns we we pay 250 dollars for assault weapons i think we pay 200 dollars for handguns so this is a chance for folks who have firearms in their home who feel like they don't want them anymore, they don't need them anymore, an opportunity to safely dispose of them, no questions asked, and get some cash for it. And I'm speaking with Andrew Bruck, the Attorney General of New Jersey. You've spoken about prioritizing good policing issues related to social justice. It, it, It seems to me that this all circles back to a belief by you, by the Murphy administration, that that gun safety legislation and, and action by law enforcement are going to reduce crime. Is that is that is that a fair read? I think that's absolutely right. And look, what's what's fascinating is that when you go into into some communities that are really affected by gun violence, oftentimes um, they they know who the trigger pullers are. They know who are who's who's using these guns to kill folks. But sometimes they don't feel comfortable coming forward to talk to law enforcement because they don't believe that law enforcement has their best interests at heart. Now, I happen to think that that perception is incorrect. I do think law enforcement cares deeply about solving gun crime. But as long as that perception is out there, it means that we have to do more to build trust with the communities most often affected by gun violence, to build trust with communities of color so that they feel comfortable coming to us and we can work together to end gun violence. And we're talking. You've been talking a lot about I mean, you know, assault rifles and I mean, untraceable ghost guns, uh, large capacity ammunition magazines. I mean, are, are this is is the number of guns in New Jersey right now? Is that would, would you say it's, it's higher than what average people think they might be? So I think there's a lot of illegal guns in New Jersey, and that's what we're most concerned about, right? If you purchase a gun lawfully and you have it in your home, you have the right to do that. The Second Amendment protects it. But what I'm really concerned about are illegal guns that wind up in communities where we see the most intense gun violence. And and I think folks don't always realize just how many guns are out there, how many of these guns are untraceable, how deadly these weapons can be, the number of folks who can be killed very quickly using these very dangerous weapons. And we hope to educate people about that so they can realize what a problem is and how many, how many uh, I, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot i don't know you know I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for the exact number but how many gun deaths are there in new jersey as a result of, of illegal guns so it's tough to know how many of them are the result of illegal guns i can tell you that so far through 2021 year to date i think we've had about 160 um folks who have been killed by a firearm in the state um, as part of sort of gun violence, putting aside suicides. Um, and that's, that's way, way, way too many. Um, I think a lot of these, a lot of these shooting, deaths, shooting deaths occur in places where the guns came from out of state, so they probably got here illegally. And so my guess is that the vast majority of those deaths involved an illegal handgun. And, and one of the things I've, I've been reading recently is, is that you know, now post-COVID, as, as people are, 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 are getting out, and, and I know there's been a bit of 
of a spike in 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 crime but but i read that 80 percent of the guns that are that are being used are, are coming from out of state is that is that an accurate number yeah it's um if you sort of look quarter to quarter over the last two years or so it's sort of between 82 and 85 percent of the guns are coming from out of state um so they're coming from pennsylvania virginia north carolina georgia um, it's really coming up through that uh, through that iron pipeline from states that don't have as robust or common sense laws as we've got here in New Jersey. And, and I've been speaking with uh, Andrew Bruck, the the new Attorney General of New Jersey. Con- congratulations on your on your appointment, and uh, uh, and and I hope we'll be able to speak again soon. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Mr. Attorney General. And this is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. I'll be right back to talk about redistricting and and my all-time favorite political deal on the New Jersey Globe Power Hour right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.